Welcome back to Vox Podcast, the weekly pseudo academic round table pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-host, Wayne Wise. How's it going, Wayne? I'm good. How are you, Mav? Just the two of us this week. Just the two of us. And I'm going to say it's your fault because you chose an old people topic. <laughs> well, yeah. well in, in some ways, I, it's, it's not, nah, you know, lots of, it, it's... Lots of people, young people go to shows still. It's it, you know, this, this is you, you've been to things. Well, first off, like if, if I'm your young person, I mean, that's kind yeah. of a problem, but also, yeah. no, 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 I'm not. It, it's, it's a mix of this is another one of my here's what's up with that conversations. You know, I, I okay. this, ties, this ties into some of the research I'm doing for my my topic for uh PCA, but 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 it's some some thoughts I've been having you know, stuff with uh, the Wicked Divine, the the idea of performance and and the way in that series crowds respond to the performance of the supernatural beings but you know i am reading this stuff just about crowd response and and crowd reactions and and you know, mob mentality and a lot of that sort of thing i'm doing some research and finding some things this ties in with my own personal experience as well of primarily of going to concerts and, and this happened very specifically for me in december i i go to shows and it doesn't always happen but there are times when i'm in the crowd i can just get completely caught up in the moment the the music the the beat of the music, uh, the bass, you know, thrumming through me. And I, I kind of lose a amount of personal identity in that. I get caught up in the group activity of, of being in this moment with the crowd where we're all singing along with the lyrics. And it's not like I just shut down and become a zombie, but I, I certainly feel myself becoming to, to sound like an old hippie, you know, one with the crowd. And it, and it doesn't always happen. Sometimes, you know, depending on the circumstances, and we'll talk some more about some of the circumstances later, it just it got me thinking about that sort of thing. And and it's a good feeling. I went to a show in December, early December, first show I'd been to in, in ages. It was at Mr. Smalls here in Pittsburgh, which is a, a mid-sized venue. And, you know, just in the crowd. And 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 this was, I mean, you know, Mav, you know, at that point, this was right after my mom passed and the first time I'd gone out. And there was something really cathartic about this experience for me. I got just kind of swept up in it. I'm I'm in this crowd. Everybody's singing along with the lyrics and, and people are, you know, shaking their fists and, and, and dancing and moving. And, and it felt really cathartic. And, I, and it was that mix of, you know, once again, I wasn't completely lost in this, but I was aware of how swept up in that moment I was. I had a friend with me who doesn't go to as many concerts. And that's a big part of what I enjoy about the concert, just that getting lost in, in the moment. Uh, that's what I like about live music. A friend who went with me who doesn't go to as many shows or whatever was really kind of weirded out by the crowd. To him, it felt what to me felt like this, you know, communal moment of of shared experience it felt to him like incipient violence. <laughs> like he was kind of weirded out by it and a little fearful for his safety. Okay. And just his response to this situation was so much different than mine. And he and I talked about that after, and it ties in with the research I'm doing. Within a few days, probably, an old friend of mine who, who does a, a music blog here in Pittsburgh posted essentially that question. What do you like about live shows? Do you get caught up in the music? That sort of thing. Which leads me to our guest. I just oh. reached out. and Yeah. It's not just me and Mav. Surprise. Okay. A <laughs> uh, couple, of, couple of old friends, uh, Rob and Anna O'Friel. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Mav. Hi. Nice to meet you guys. Yeah, so I've known Rob and Anna for uh, years. <laughs> That's exactly right. 
<laughs> I, There's nothing wrong with getting older. It beats the alternative. So, you know, it's okay. My little, my little anecdote with, with you, Anna, I, don't, I may have told you this way back in the day, but my, my friend Fred went to college up in, in Edinburgh here in Pittsburgh. And it was two years before I went to Edinburgh as a grad student, but I was going up to visit him during those two years. But before I went up to visit him the first time, and Anna was part of Fred's social circle in Pittsburgh from very early in his, his time there. Before I ever went up to visit and met either of you face to face, Fred was either mailing me or brought home a couple of cassette tapes of Anna's radio show on the college uh -huh. radio station. So Anna, I knew your voice long, well, not long, but weeks before I met you in person. <laughs> and you know, the, the thing was way back then I was in high school. I yeah. was not, you know, I was. That's right. I've forgotten. I mean, I was like early teenager hanging out with all That's the, all the college students. I, I, you know, I was never with anyone my own age and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And actually a, a couple of years ago, not to get too sidetracked, but Fred actually sent me an MP3 recording of uh, one of my shows and it was, I, it was just un, unbelievable to sit and listen to that <laughs> from something. Thing, you know, 35 plus years ago. Yeah. And and Rob made the comment, your voice sounded so much nicer then. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't quite have the edge to it that it does now. That's all <laughs> well, you guys have known each other since high school, haven't you? I or, met or, Rob. Or well, he was a freshman in college, in college and I was 15, which sounds okay. icky now, but it was it was it yeah. wasn't icky then. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 That's that's a different show. Uh, but so so welcome to the show. But yeah, you both you guys are, are music people I, I know you've been to shows and saying rob you you posting that on your your blog tell people a little bit about your blog and we'll, we'll certainly link to it in the show notes just your your robify music thing yeah well i it, it, like some other things it was one of the things that came out of the, uh, the pandemic so to speak where i found that i had some time here because my my employer while they they didn't lay anybody off which i was so thankful for but i actually had a few weeks where they they actually said we want you to stay at home and uh, don't go anywhere in case we need you to come in and uh, they paid mm -hmm. us. And so I had time. Well, you know what? I've been wanting to write about music. And I just picked up one day and I just looked at what I said, what's going on tomorrow? What, what are the big dates in tomorrow's music history? You know, what could I write about or blog about about what happened in music history? And I started with, I think it might have been something on Ozzy Osbourne, actually. Mm -hmm. And it just took off. And one of these things where I just started every day. And I wrote 365 days worth of uh, Today nice. in Music History columns on the Robify blog. And so when that finished, I thought, well, I've gone through a whole year worth of today in music history. Uh, I don't, really don't want to repeat topics, so I started writing about Pittsburgh concert history, thinking, well, each you know, each day in Pittsburgh has a unique list of bands that came through town, and what a, maybe just maybe I can jog people's memories and mm -hmm. thinking about some old memories. So I started, you know, just writing about concerts, and uh, that's when I, I think Wayne probably when I, I think it was I think I know which blog it was. I can't say for sure, but one of the one of the articles was about just that you know being in that moment of a concert and, and mm -hmm. how some people are in it, some people are in it, Wayne, and some people aren't. And you know, I've yeah. been, we've been to shows where people are you know yapping behind you while you're trying to listen to Simon and Garfunkel. You know, <laughs> <It's the worst. laughs> right, right. Well, well, yeah. I guess tell me about some of your experience with that because I I've been to a lot of shows and oh yeah, it, it varies. But yeah, tell me about some of your experiences. I don't want to just you know talk okay. about just mine. I, I don't want this just to be reminiscing about shows, but I think we should get some some sense of context. what we like about them and yeah, context for how we and Mav. I mean, you you 
you've been to concerts and I, I, yeah. just, I, I should I should stay up, up front. This isn't just about the crowd experience with music. This is football games and mm-hmm. r- raves and churches professional wrestling, and professional which, wrestling, which you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, it's any situation that has that crowd element to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes it's really nice to not have to. This is going to sound weird, but to not have to worry about your individuality and to just be Mm -hmm. a part of something that is much larger than you, whether again, it's at a sporting event or church or, you know, going to a show and you just kind of move along with what's going on and you don't care what you look like. You don't care what you're doing. You don't care how, if you're, you know, dancing like Elaine on Seinfeld with little kicks, it just doesn't. You know, it just doesn't matter. And I think that can be super freeing to be able to to just do that. You know, Rob sees much more live music than I do. But the last one we went to is we saw the Stones at, I still call it Three Rivers, but you know what yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> I feel, yeah, I, I was there. I saw you oh, post what, a picture yeah, and I commented yeah, on it. Yeah. yeah. And in October, and I mean, I had, you know, that was the first big show I've been to in years. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I mean, I was hoarse from screaming and singing and it, it was just wonderful to just uh, let just let it all go. Yeah, you know, Those old guys the, rocked the house down that night. <laughs> yeah. Well, the yeah. crowd experience, one of the things about that show for me is you know, it was in the stadium, so, you know, the sound isn't the, isn't the greatest. I have hearing aids to begin with and I don't hear well, so that for me, and I'd never seen the Rolling Stones before and I had always heard all these great things, so, but I wasn't expecting musically, you know, much and that wasn't what got me so much was the music that night it was great but i was more taken back by the by the communal experience that the, that the crowd had with mm-hmm. the band and it was different it was above and beyond even i've you know i've experienced the u2 thing i've experienced mm-hmm. uh grateful dead fish springsteen mm-hmm. yeah. it was mm-hmm. another it was another level of just uh communal and i as I much to, as yeah. i, I like the songs the songs are great and i enjoyed them but i enjoyed that aspect of it maybe more so than i ever have at a concert the, the communal aspect and, and, i felt like it was joyful it yeah. was very it was very joyful like i kept i found myself thinking about it every day mm-hmm. for weeks afterwards and it was like <laughs> just touching that that place where i was that it was just so happy and mm. carefree and everyone was happy and carefree that was very much my experience of that show as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I wonder if it's so, I mean, if we're going to get into it, because Wayne, you said you went to this, to this event and mm-hmm. you noted at the very beginning of your story, you were with someone who didn't feel that right. And, mm-hmm. I, and he, I've been, he liked the, he, he liked the music. You know, it, that was right. the problem. It, but, well, but the crowd thing. Well, I was thinking about this. I've, I've been thinking about this since you proposed this topic a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. So, because like you said, I'm not really a concert guy. Like I'll, I'll go to a concert if it's a concert of mm-hmm. somebody that like I want to see Wayne will go to a concert because a concert is happening. And that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that has happened. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, well, who are we going to see? I don't know I'll, when, you know, whoever takes the stage and, and that's, but like, I don't think that's bad. I made a joke out of it, but mm. that's how I see movies, right? Like I have, I will totally go to a movie because it's Friday and you know, yeah, right. I, yeah. like, oh. that, that's reason enough. Right. And also, you know, like back when, back when I was a wrestler and I'm never so delusional to think that like I was never a headliner, right? Like you're not going to see, 
see me. Maybe you're going to see someone bigger on the show. Maybe you like me, but like really it's just about, you know, being at the event. But I could just watch pro wrestling on television any night of the week. I could watch a concert any mm-hmm. moment I want, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's concerts mm-hmm. on, like I have 600 channels on television. Plus I have an internet. I can right. like, I can literally mm-hmm. call, I can pull up a stones concert and watch it on YouTube right now. You, it's not the same. The entire show we were just talking about is available on YouTube. Right. But it's I not I don't even know thing. that I'd want to watch it. It's not the same. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I don't well, know. So I, I, I throw in some caveats about my, my friend who, who had that experience. I mean, just a he's just he's not as into music so that your right. level of being a music fan is is a part of that he's more introverted than i am in those ways like like he, he's a performer so he's comfortable getting in front of people and performing but being in a crowd is is problematic for him we're also coming out of the pandemic and covid and all that stuff so there's right. still there's some anxiety there crowd fear yeah but also like you said he's not a big a music fan but i'm not even sure it's that because is it that he's not as big a music fan or is he not a big a concert fan right and, 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 and you're, you're absolutely right that, that that's a better description uh yes like so wayne you're talking about is unintentional group synchro- synchrony right mm. a lot of things we're paying for spectacle right if i'm a fan of mm, queen just pick a band right band that you mentioned if i'm a fan of queen and freddie mercury queen and freddie freddie mercury and queen never sounds better than they do on my remastered cd like that is yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is if i want to sound well i mean unless i have a chance to sit on stage with the band like it's not going to sound as good as it does on my cd with my 300 headphones that's going to sound amazing right but i'm mm-hmm. not paying for sound really when i'm sitting in the nosebleed section yeah of you know i'm playing for the experience of seeing them live right like mm-hmm. i don't i'm i don't i'm like part of what i'm paying for is i want the experience of freddie or prince or michael jackson or the beatles or madonna or you know britney spears or taylor swift whoever you're a fan of right like i'm paying for the experience of i paid 100 bucks to see ozzy osbourne and ozzy better put on a fucking show or i'm gonna be mad right <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, like yeah. do something to amuse me is what is what i'm doing right yeah. and p- part of that is the performer but also part of that amusement is th- for some people, and I think not Wayne's friend, but for some people, I am paying for the experience of I am enjoying Ozzy, Prince, the Stones, whoever in the in the company of other people enjoying this experience. Right. Yeah. It is mm-hmm. literally I'm paying for something ephemeral. I'm, I'm paying to be standing in a room of, uh, of 500 other people pumping their fists. Like, yeah. That's what mm-hmm. I'm that's what I'm paying for. Like, I just want the experience of of doing that and i think particularly when we've all yeah and and particularly when we've all sat at home these last these last um two years i think that really shows up right that almost religious feeling you know you said church also counts right Mm -hmm. like churches do this like you if you're a religious person you could pray at home or you Mm -hmm. can go and do it with other people and that's different when you do it with other people it's different Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's like you know listening to the listening to music at home or in a group yeah it's completely different Mm -hmm. 
So when you go to see a show though live, do you want to? When you, you said you can listen to the CD at home and it's never going to sound better, do you want it? Do you want the band to sound exactly like the CD no. when you go to see them, yeah, or do no. you want to see them? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. Differently. Yeah. I have the CD. I don't need that. <laughs> I mean, right. Yeah, one of the one of the worst concert experiences I ever had was was that, and it wasn't that they did anything wrong. But this was at Metropole years ago, which was not sound wise was not the, the best venue. But, Metropole for listeners is a, is a is a concert hall in pittsburgh and by a concert hall in pittsburgh how long has metropole not been there yeah it's been gone for years yeah yeah a long time and, and it was basically a converted warehouse with terrible yes. sight lines and not great sound mm-hmm. and, and i saw a lot of great bands there yeah, but it was yeah it was the club in pittsburgh for years but yeah. it was i mean but frankly and i have a lot of fond memories of, of metropole yeah. but frankly the place was a shithole yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah but uh, so i the band's gonna remain nameless at this point, I don't want to be sued and whatever. But we we went and when we left the show, our my review of it was they could have put up cardboard cutouts of themselves and played the new record, and I would have had exactly the same experience. Right, right. And yeah, it's just that that's not what I pay for, and, and it's not like I need. I mean, regular listeners of the show know, you know, Bowie and Queen, and my my fondness for spectacle and costume and all that stuff is a big mm-hmm. part of what I enjoy about shows. But I've also seen some great shows at club cafe with a guy with a guitar anna you probably played lloyd cole on your show back in 1984 yeah yeah and and to this day he's one of my favorite singer songwriters and i've seen lloyd play at club cafe several times and it's him and the guitar and it's lovely yeah Yeah. it's it's not the fist pumping whatever but i still find myself getting caught up in that experience it's not always about adrenaline yeah one of my favorite concert experiences is tori amos i think i've seen her on concert Mm. three or four i think maybe four times i've seen her three at least three i'd have to count and tori amos on paper is the most boring concert in the world she she sits at the piano and sings but that's not what you're paying for with tori amos you're paying for tori uh, tori is incapable of singing more than three bars at a time so tori will you know play play three notes sing a bar and then tell a story for 20 minutes right. <laughs> and then to play yeah. three more notes and that's and that's the tori amos concert and it's fascinating because i've seen her in concert three times she's played many of the same songs each time different experience each time yeah on the yeah. other mm-hmm. on the other hand one of my favorite bands of all time which i think i've mentioned on the show i am a huge fan of of p-funk parliament mm-hmm. funkadelic george clinton the p-funk all-stars i've probably seen p-funk in concert at least seven times if they're around twice. yeah if they're around i'll go i've danced on stage during a p-funk concert i was i was i was i was in cosplay and they invited me up you were the guy in the diapers right no no oh, I, no i was i was turn nose i but i was and, and 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 you're joking i was literally standing right next to the guy in the diaper like so so yes i've been to but like p-funk is a concert where that i'm going to unlike unlike tori where i'm going to see a concert where everybody is just sort of enraptured by this storyteller p-funk i'm going because i want to see a drug induced fever dream of you know oh my god will they will they land the mothership on the stage like it's not the album right like i've seen Mm -hmm. i've literally gone to a concert and watched 
them play Atomic Dog, a five minute song for 25 fucking minutes. Yeah. Because that's because they just felt like, <laughs> and how long like does it fish. go? I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, right, right. No, but it's, yeah. but, but that's, but that's what you're doing, right? If, if for yeah. a fish yeah. fan, that's what the fish fan's paying for is I, uh, I, I want, oh, I want yeah. this experience that is not going to be the same. Last time I saw it, yep. T-Funk yep. is never going to be the same I, twice. And that's my, kind of what you know. Co- yeah. One of my coworkers at, at the store for years, he's a big you know, dead fan and fish fan and, and collected and, you know, the tapes, the tape trading and, and all that stuff. And I've, I've heard, you know, 873,000 versions of Prince Caspian. And I can't tell the difference, but he would say, no, that and was on a they, Thursday in 1993, but that's what he, that's what he loved about the band is each one mm-hmm. is different and he hears those differences. And, and, you know, to be fair, I, you, you listen to, as a fan of Bowie, if you listen to the multiple live albums that have been released since his death over the course of his career, he goes back to the old songs, but there's a tremendous amount of rearranging them and, and doing them mm. differently. And I find that fascinating. He, he's not ever going to do a 40 minute version of Rebel Rebel, mm-hmm. but but he rearranges the stuff and, and breathes some new life into it. So it's not just a cookie cutter of the same thing he's been doing for you know, 50 years or however long. So right now we're talking about the fun and, and this is like sort of specific to music, but not mm-hmm. really. We're talking mm-hmm. about the experiences of a live show, right? Which I think mm-hmm. if, if I were ever so lucky as to see a P-Funk concert where I was the only person in the audience, I would have <laughs> a blast. That would be amazing. Yeah. But like, that's also not really the same, thing, right? Because part yeah. of the fun of, of going to the P-Funk concert isn't just like being able to jam out. Like, yeah, I went to a small concert at, you know, Laga to name mm-hmm. another small Pittsburgh club that I don't believe is there anymore. Yeah. And that's where I saw, that's where I got to dance on, dance on stage. I've also seen them in Cleveland where it was a massive thing where there's, you know, jillion people, not the same. So it's a different experience. But part of what I think makes your topic interesting here is we're not just talking about the experience of live music. We're talking about the experience of being one with the mob that is engaged mm-hmm. in the experience, right? There are shows that I've been to musical or plays or whatever, where I'm there to pay attention to the artistry. And so I'm sitting on my hands completely silently because I don't want to disrupt it. I really want to be engaged in it. That's not what you're talking about here. Yeah. Singing about here. I was just sitting here thinking about a few years ago. Well, I don't know. I don't know, Rob, you have a better memory than I do. But we saw we saw you two at the I don't know. Again, to me, it's always the Civic Arena. Yeah, it's always the Civic Arena. It's always the Rivers. We are but so at old. Any rate, they, um, it, you know, it was a great show, you know, sellout, a huge crowd. Everybody was singing along. And all of a sudden they, they played the song Electric Co, which is like kind of an obscure song for them. Like, you know, if you're not a real YouTube fan, you might not even know what that song is. And like the first few chords of the song and everybody lost their mind. Like everybody knew what it was and couldn't believe that they were playing this song. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was like it just blew 
the roof off the building. And it was almost like a physical feeling. You're being, you know, like you're just, you're being swept up. Yeah. That rewards your fandom. I mean, that's that, that's that thing that's there for the fans. You know, like everybody knows the hits when they mm-hmm. hear right. a song. And so I was going to bring up, I was, you know, an artist who does exactly that most times I've ever seen him. I, I hadn't intended on going this year and uh, tickets fell into my lap. I saw Alice Cooper at Heinz Hall on Sunday night. And I've probably seen Alice more than any other single performer. He's one of the people I got into really early in my life. Didn't get to see him back when I was younger. And then he took several years off. First time I saw him was Erie Civic Center. Went up with Fred and Steve and, and some of that crew in 86, which was comeback time for him. And since then, I've seen him a lot. And I've seen him in multiple size venues. And seeing him indoors at a theater after a number of outdoor shows was pretty amazing. But he he's always done that. Like, here are the hits that he is going to do. You're gonna He's going to close that show out with school's out. He's going to. (laughs) Don't expect anything else. He's going to. But he'll do the hits that you expect. In the times I've seen him when he was actually promoting a new album, he would do two or three songs from the new album. Every time I've seen him, he has pulled out one deep cut that I've never heard him do before. And same thing. The crowd goes nuts because you 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 don't expect that. I was gonna bring that that up on the Sunday night experience with that. Some the the setting makes a difference. This was Heinz Hall, so we were in seats, you know, and, and everybody separated by seats and whatever when alice came out certainly everybody stood up Mm -hmm. but the seats gave you weren't you weren't in a crowd in the same way as festival seating as we used to call it Mm -hmm. there weren't people pushing around you or jockeying for position and all that sort of thing which created a little distance like i didn't have the same type of communal crowd thing Sunday night as I've had at other Alice shows and I think that setting made a difference. Did so you feel the all... same way about that, Rob? When you saw it, when you made me go see uh, Trey <laughs> Anastasio when you played <laughs> with the with the Pittsburgh Symphony at Heinz Hall. Because that's an interesting uh, comment that you made, Wayne. Did you feel the yeah. same way, Rob? It was such a different setting to hear the music that is played in in, in such a, you know, a rock and roll fashion, to hear it in a setting you know, in, in a setting where people were yeah, the ushers were dressed up. The, the ushers were wearing their tuxedos, yeah. and you've got the majesty of the orchestra dressed up. And so it's it's a prettier, yeah, you know, that's a good point. It's a prettier setting. It's a, a more aesthetically pleasing in setting because you're in, you know, you're in Heinz Hall, and that's where the symphony is. So maybe your behavior as a crowd is different because you're in that setting, as opposed to if you say, had that same thing, say at Hartwood Acres, where people were spread out with with blankets and you know mm-hmm. kids running around, and no. It, you're right. It wouldn't have been the same show. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the setting was completely unique, yeah. but it was also for the, even, even so we were with uh, a couple of my cousins who are deep, deep fish fans and even they bolted. I stayed, but even they got out. I mean, it was for the, you really had to appreciate or, you know, be a, a fan of it to stay, but yeah, it was definitely the setting had a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess you know, part of, part of my, my overall thought with this is, you know, like we're talking about these things, these wonderful experiences, but it's also, you know, there's the dark side of this. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. when you know, riots mm-hmm. happen and, and people who are you know, in my blog, I said, you know, what's the difference between Freddie Mercury getting us all you know, to, to rock and a you know, tyrant convincing a crowd of people to kill? Grammys. Okay. Not, good guitar. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, the difference is Brian May, right? Brian May, yeah. That's what <laughs> yeah, the difference is Brian May. Yeah, that's sure. Um, okay, but no, but I, it, it's because I there are some fine lines there, and I think a lot of the same mechanisms are in place. You know, there's and and this gets into some of the academic stuff I'm doing in my thesis. We don't need to get too deep in, into that stuff. There's say the the thing you mentioned the the crowd unintentional crowd synchrony, and just as a, a definition of that, it's in a crowd setting, and I've done some studies on this. Like heartbeats link up. You know, oh, in, sure. in, a, in a crowd, that sort of thing. And in a concert, I get that. Like there's the beat of the drum, there's their mm-hmm. bass. You, you can feel it reverberating in your chest. But that's different than just going to a rally and hearing, you know, I'm going to use politics as an example, but, you know, whether it's <sighs> rallies or politics mm-hmm. or, or whatever, you, you don't have that music, you don't have that same sort of thing. But that same phenomena happens when you're, you're in a crowd with people, just, you know, you kind of sync up with them. So, you know, what is that, that fine line? There, there's the, the whole idea of that loss of personal identity. You know, anytime there's a, a riot or, you know, something like that, there's those excuses of, the anonymity of the crowd allows mm-hmm. you to behave in ways that that you wouldn't normally like the anonymity of the internet mm-hmm. and I, i'm reading some of the studies on that and that's certainly a part of it but it's some of the the, the more modern theories talk about okay i i'm, I'm going to get academic for a second here jungian psychology and all that stuff the <laughs> idea of, of individuation mm-hmm. uh, you know, lifelong process all of us of becoming more fully who we truly are outside of labels outside of you know how we identify becoming who we truly are as an individual and it's more than just individualism you know, a lot of people you know I, I know a million people in punk here claiming to be individuals and you know they, right. they've all bought their stuff it's the same hot topic we've talked a little bit about mask theory but it plays into that right. it's, it's yes. a, there's costume theory and mm-hmm. uh, I, I will channel monica who's not here momentarily but yeah. but costumes masks part of the reason we do them is they are the uniform that allows us even if you're being individual by being I'm going to be an individual, just like all of my friends. You you are, you know, you are essentially identifying as part of a larger whole. So, Mm -hmm. yes, you might be expressing yourself. But the reason we wear costumes, the reason we wear masks, the reason we wear football jerseys to Steelers games is Mm -hmm. that we are announcing ourselves as my identity, at least for the purposes of this of this football game or this concert, is that I am a Steelers fan or. I am a Stones fan or right. I am a yeah. Taylor Swift fan yeah. or whatever. It's assimilation. Yeah. yeah. You want yeah. to assimilate. I've been to many very intense NHL playoff games here in Pittsburgh yes. over yes. the years that, you know, went to two or three overtimes where, I mean, you're, 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 you're almost shaken as a fan. I mean, you're, you can yeah. feel your heart, you feel your heart beating. And I was just, you know, as I was thinking, well, what, what's the commonality there? And then Wayne, you said it, it's you know, the uniform that, that we're mm-hmm. wearing. We're, we're rooting. We're all on one side. There, there's two different uniforms but we're all on one side of yeah. that rooting pulling one of those uniforms and there's something tribal about that in lots yes. of ways so, yes. so so there's the the young term individuation and a term that comes up in in these crowd studies is de-individuation and it's that it's mm-hmm. that assimilation to the crowd so and part of what some of those modern studies are saying as i'm interpreting it is it's not necessarily the anonymity of the crowd it's just that you give over personal identity right. to group right. identity yeah. So, I mean, so it's be freeing. Is, like I don't yeah, need to be me. Yes. I can. I don't yeah. need to be Anna with my life and all the things that I do uh, on a daily basis. I can be Anna at the Stones concert, who's just mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. A part of the group and part of the crowd. And I'm mm-hmm. just. 
I can just shut my brain off and do, you know. Yeah, and, and there's something responsibility. It's a yeah. it's, it's giving up responsibility mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah. And 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 I guess that that's where some of that danger lies. Is you know, we enjoy yes. that experience, but you know there are the people who give up ability well. and there are terrible consequences to it. Yeah, Jim on, Jones, you know. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Or or more yeah. recently, the insurrection, right? Like so. Yeah. Yes. If you're, yes. I mean, what's and this yeah. is what some what people missing you know, sometimes when people will say, oh, well, you're hiding behind the internet you're hiding behind not hiding if you're where if you're wandering around with a bright red hat and like the trump outfit you are not hiding you stick mm-hmm. out like a sore thumb the mm-hmm. point the point is to wearing out, a giant right? horn shaman hat <laughs> right right like yeah i mean that yeah, that guy, yeah. Yeah, that guy was not trying to hide, right? You are trying to grab cred within oh. the uh, the whole. That's why it's de-individualization. You are trying to become part of this community and become a leader within it and I think that crowd dynamics allow uh, something that we can build that community around, right? Even mm-hmm. if the community is only going to last as long as this one concert, you can say, you know, while we're all there pumping our fists, while we're all there singing along, we are there. We are. It's Why do you sing when Freddie Mercury conducts the crowd mm-hmm. at Live Aid, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. amazing. It is an right. amazing feat that, like, is very fairly often compared to church services to a point where some people with some more religious people can be a little um, taken aback by it. Well, you know, it's, yeah. it's false idols. Yeah. Well, yeah. by your theory, it is because he is literally um, conducting people yeah. like they're a religious choir and he's doing it on purpose and it's working for the same reason that religion works, right? Like mm-hmm. whether, whether you believe in religion or not is sort of irrelevant to my well, point. The yeah. reason that they're calling responses, the reasons that your that your priest stands up in the middle of the room and says, you know, may peace be with you, and then you're all will and also with back you, and, you're, and also back with you is I, that's that thing, right? Like you know, yeah. like there are like Catholicism, Judaism, Islam, they all have call and response things because mm-hmm. that's part of how you build community through, well, and through you, every ritual. You, every, every rock star who passes through, you know, hello Pittsburgh, and everybody loses their right. mind. Oh, yeah. like, oh he knows where we are. He <laughs> said. My that's not always a given for some rock stars. Yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> but, but but that is it's part of it. Like you are, and you know, with the Stones concert, he he had us all sing something, and I, you know, when we're done, he's like, "Oh, that's much better than Cleveland," because he knows right. that's <laughs> where, yeah, <laughs> Cleveland. Yeah. Two, two, two nights later in Cleveland, he said they were better than Pittsburgh because you know that's right. the way right. that works. Well, I, I, a rock star anecdote that that was controversial at the time, and I can't quote it exactly, but Bowie during his Station to Station era. Thin White Duke when he was Mm. playing with some fascist Im- imagery an interview someplace he was top Hitler and he said he thinks you know I, I think Hitler would have been an amazing rock star all that charisma and you know <laughs> their fucking minds over this I just and cringed you, when you said yeah, yeah, and, it's an automatic and, response oh my yeah, god yeah, yeah, and and I think you know Bowie was a combination of things he was trying to be controversial at that time he was trying to say things to be controversial he was playing mm-hmm. a character and this is some character said he was ingesting mountains of cocaine so he might not have known what he said. Yeah. 
But if you, or is, yeah, is that like when John Lennon said the bees were bigger than Jesus Christ and everybody lost their mind, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And, and it's, it's like, he's making a point of all you people who are following rock stars, myself included, and listening to everything we say, that's not necessarily a good thing. You know, Mm -hmm. he's making that in that you Hitler as a performer in front of crowds of people got thousands upon thousands of people to do unthinkable things Mm -hmm. through the force of career charisma and yeah no you're unintentional, right yeah unintentional crowd synchrony yeah yeah and, well, I, don't and think it, I think it was very intentional i mean yeah, in his case, yeah, yeah I think it was right it. Well, on his part yes very much yeah. so and you know, and there's that famous picture of you know a, a crowd of of germans and they're all giving the nazi salute and there's the one guy in the crowd who isn't and the meme is like be this guy i mean i suppose but, but like do you, it's hard to be that guy and i and it's it's yes and that's, that's a that's a weird thing that i i think people it's really easy to say that after the fact when you're looking at a meme, you know, mm-hmm. 60 years later. He's resisting this. He might just not been paying attention at that moment when they snapped the picture. Yeah, know? yeah, he could have right. been the moment when his hand happened to be down because he was sneezing, right. you know, like who right. knows, right? right. Like, I don't, I don't know. He could have immediately been killed, you know. I mean, yeah, right. he, did, yeah. Yeah. he didn't salute. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so it, all these things are complicated because, you know, I like... Uh, you know, for myself, I, I love having those moments where I, I can lose myself. But does that make me more susceptible to the more negative things, you know, or, or is it just is it circumstantial? Is it what you're into, what you're already programmed to believe and listen to? And, and you know, and, and yeah, I, just I like think, anything else, it, it's the, the, the nature is there. It's just how which way do you use it? Mm-hmm. You talk about being able to conduct a crowd. And as you were saying that, you know, about Hitler and then Freddie Mercury, they, they both conducted crowds, but they both use that charisma and that ability in completely different ways. So it's the setting that, you know, yeah. Mm So yeah. I, I think if you're inclined to be the type of person that you're going to seek out the negative, you know, the negative rallies, mm-hmm. if that's the type of person that you are. If you're not, you're going to seek out. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. The, the people, the people are conducting, you know, the, it's the preaching to the, to the converted kind of thing. I don't know how swept up in a mass movement you're going to be if you truly don't believe in the mass movement. Or, know. you know, if you really hate Queen, are you going to get wrapped right. up when when we will rock you comes on, you know? Well, and I don't know. Maybe Maybe you will, because what I'm yeah. what I'm wondering is, okay, if you truly hate, if you are absolutely here, like I hate Harry, I hate for you know, if you're absolutely hating on something and you are and you are determined to hate on it, sure. But I don't mm. think that's most people. I think most people in most of these situations, you don't start at the rock star concert, right? Like we yeah. we're, we're using these as an examples, but you ended up there somewhere, some mm. way. You don't start at the Trump rally, right? Like mm-hmm. you got you got to the Trump rally point, you were sort of looking for a, a sense of belonging mm-hmm. and you know uh, and you know say what you will about Trump you know if you are willing to kiss the ring he'll make you feel like you belong like that's well, that, yeah that's, he, of, that's that's what the club is right so like you can be a part of something and he'll tell you he uses language like look yeah we are gonna do this we are this you know this is it's mm-hmm. us against them it is it is very much that and it's the same way again like a rock star right like mm-hmm. a rock star stands there and, you know, the difference between a rock star and, you know, in a classic classical musician, you know, musician is Beethoven never went crowd surfing. Right. Like the rock star will come. <laughs> I mean, he'll, he'll come down and There's, he'll be. People aren't flicking a lighter at a Yo-Yo Ma concert. It's just 
just not happening. Or not not the same way, right? Right? Because I I mean, I'm not a Yo-Yo Ma fan, but like I will absolutely go to the symphony, but Mm -hmm. it's not not the same experience. And I'm not going, like if people are singing along at the Pittsburgh Orchestra, I'd be pissed. What the fuck are you doing? I I paid a lot of money for these tickets. I think it's possible to be swept up in that moment in a different way. Awesome. I, I think you can go to a symphony if you're really into the music. You know, people are being just transported by the music. And I think that's mm-hmm. possible, but that seems like a more individual thing. Although, you know, if you're in a room full of people and everybody is feeling that, whether they're raising their fist and yelling or not, right. a group experience. I think that if you're at the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra, I, I do think it still happens. I think it looks different. I also I, think it's not part, part of it, it that you have like a real, you're hearing like a real instrument like yeah. you're you know, like you're in the presence of, yeah. an, of, of an instrument you're physically in the presence of making this sound as opposed to i'm listening to it recording i think all of that all of that plays along with it you know i'm i you know i can see the violin it's in front of me yeah. or i can see the guitar or i see the drum kit or whatever the keyboards and they're you know they're right there and and you know on on some physical level you're receiving something from that very real instrument being in front of mm-hmm. you as opposed to hearing a recording of it i think it's different it's almost like oh. it, it's it's a it's an alive thing like it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a live it's, it, instrument it, yes well the sound i mean the sound is going the sound's actually moving through the air is it not so as opposed to the right. recording is there a different vibration moving through the air mm-hmm. being generated by an instrument versus a recording mm-hmm. That maybe we can feel. I also yeah. still think the crowd's part of it, though. Like, yeah. I, and I, don't, oh, yeah. I don't know why, because like, I'm just thinking, would I would I want to go to a private orchestra performance? I think that would feel Ooh. awkward and weird. I like, I don't think I would enjoy it. And I, and I can't explain why, like, I can imagine if I, if, if it, I was it sitting in weird Hines, to be there, to be in Heinz Hall. Sitting, yeah. If I was in Heinz at an Alice Cooper show and I was the only person there, that would be a very strange experience. No, but if you yeah, were in Heinz Hall, yeah, but yeah, would it be a strange experience if you were watching, if you were watching the orchestra, if you like, if you were watching yeah. a class orchestra, like, I don't think I want to be the only one in the crowd. I think it feels yeah. weird. And even though I'm not, even though it's well, not the, there about but is that because you're self-conscious because you're the only one in the crowd yeah maybe i don't maybe yeah there's some seems to be even even you're just listening i mean people still applaud a politely you know, applaud politely either they're not raising their fisting and fist and shouting and all that sort of thing mm-hmm. but but people think they applaud politely between songs you're feeding you're off of them yeah yeah you hear them breathing there there's the mm-hmm. there's an energy that sounds all mm-hmm. new there's an energy around you yeah. that you are aware of um mm-hmm. so i i think it plays into it i think there's some sort of feedback loop between the performance and the the audience well, i mean if you took the audience out just them not being there alone would make it sound different because the sound is not going to be being absorbed yes. by as many bodies right yeah so yeah yeah it would, have to, mm-hmm. it would have to affect it yeah we did a show a while back about live comedy versus comedy in the age of covid where we, we had some comedians on to talk about the differences when they're doing a show over the internet which is just a thing that became you know zoom shows just became a thing for them and that we even said on there that there is something different it is a fundamentally different art form performing to your own webcam in your living room you know even knowing how that a people comedian are could do such a thing how can you even do that that just seems they so to me it's and insane it, well yeah i mean it's the 
I guess it's the difference between we talked about this a little bit because we've done a few live shows. We've done this show live a few times. Right. And not like it's not like we're even talking to sold out rooms. But if we're talking to Wayne, you and I've done it, you know, if we're talking to 20 people to do this show. That's different than just talking to the four people who are on the show. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just it's a different thing and it feels different. And I don't know if it comes across to the at-home listener, but it certainly feels different in the room. At least to me, it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I can tell you when I during COVID, I had to uh, resort to, rec- to pre-recording my radio show. Mm-hmm. Now, in, in in both case, whether I'm doing the show live in the studio or if I'm recording it here in the den upstairs, it's still just me. Okay, if I'm at the studio, there's nobody else in the studio with me. So in both cases, I'm by myself. I can tell you that doing it live in the studio is far different and far more exciting than trying to pre-record a show here upstairs in the den. It's, mm-hmm. it's got a completely different energy and a completely different feel to it. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to explain that. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah I, in either case, I'm, I'm not getting immediate, I'm not seeing facial yeah. reactions from anybody. I'm right. not getting any different feedback than I'm getting in either case, but still it has a different feel to it. Mm-hmm. And so if you're, if you're talking about a, where a rock concert, even a small concert, right? Like, even you know, when you, the venue you were talking about that you had the photo from, that's what? <laughs> 200 people it's not like it's not like this isn't the stones this was a smaller show right oh at malls i don't know what the the crowd capacity is over there but yeah i mean it converted it's church, hundreds you know, so. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's, right. not, it's under a thousand, absolutely. But we're all crowded down by the state. In, in right, right. Is that felt that felt more crowded than the Alice Cooper show, just because we didn't have those dividers. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, another piece of this, I we're we're closing in on on an hour here, but we're not quite ready to wrap up. I, I want to. I got a, a message. Just another piece that I think comes into play is that the movement and and you know, like the dancing and that sort of thing. You go to a rave, you know, you're not there to see the band or or to watch the DJ. You're there to dance and people get caught up in in the movement part of it uh sent me a link uh marone is a friend of the show been on here a number of times and he linked mm-hmm. to a book called keeping together in time by william h mcneil and uh, i haven't haven't really sent me the, the I've, I've read a little bit of it he says it's the definitive study in group movement and the idea behind the book as i understand is the human ability to synchronize movements whether in dance military things or whatever Mm-hmm. Is a major major fact in human survival, the ability to hunt in and organize sort of thing that that synchronized movement uh, is just essential in our humanity and our development as a species. And I think that plays a part in when singing Radio Gaga every same time when when we will rock everybody's that stomp that everybody knows. Um, yeah. And and certainly you military cadence for for marching, raves. You know, everybody's dancing a different dance, all to the same beat. And unless you're Elaine from Seinfeld, call back. But I, you know, so I, I think that I think that says something. You the the idea of synchronized dance and and synchronized groups. I think that definitely plays a part in what we're talking about. That ability to move at shows or you know any of these events. I think certainly plays into that group experience. Um, sure. Or how about you know you're at a you're at a at a sporting event and everybody starts stomping their feet on the bleachers yeah. or what yeah. you know whatever people start the doing wave. the wave there somebody wave. starts oh my the wave. God, the wave. somebody, somebody has the wave. to start that right it's got to yeah. take one person <laughs> to start that and but somebody does and it starts and before you know it thirty thousand people are doing the same thing yeah 
which I mean, that's really amazing phenomenon to have that many people get coordinated. But once again, the dangers of this—that's you know, yes. all the lem- all the lemming jumping off the cliff because one of them had to start it, right? So, and that, and and I think you know, in many of those, and I don't want to focus on the dark side of this. I, I think these group dynamics are both, but you know that that's the origin of you know, I was just doing what I was told. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll link to this in the show notes. Uh, there is a wrestling show, All, All Elite Wrestling, AEW, and one of the people, one of their performers, a guy named Chris Jericho. If you might, uh, oh, I've heard that you might know him. He's also Jericho is he's also a rock musician. He has a band that he's been the lead singer of for for decades called Fozzy. And in storyline, there is a point where he has a, his finishing maneuver in wrestling is called the Judas Effect, and he had at some point. The storyline was that it was banned temporarily. That he he was not allowed to use this maneuver in in wrestling for it it it, it had been banned. And as part of the storyline, they banned all things Judas. So he also couldn't play his theme song, which is called Judas in My Mind. It's a song by his own band. He sings lead for it. And so the gimmick was that he had to come to the ring without theme. And, you know, theme music is a big part of a big part of wrestling. So mm. he came in with no with no music, no pyro. They just said in Chris Jericho and he walks in and it's silent. And then and it's absolutely brilliant for the next four minutes. The crowd in in unison sings the entirety of his yeah. theme song. Word for word, it's beautiful. And whether yeah. you're a fan of the band or not, it's now obviously you know when they booked this, when they wrote this storyline for the show, they're hoping. God, I hope this works out. You know, yeah. like because yeah. if because if it doesn't work out, it's going to look really stupid. But they're hoping that he's popular enough that people will do something. Otherwise, it's just going to look weird. But uh-huh. it, damned if they didn't like in perfect synchronicity, just sing the entire song. Um, word for word all the way through thousands of people and Mm. visually it's an impressive thing because if you're a fan of Chris Jericho or not it sort of doesn't matter what matters is oh my god they're having a moment here and you can sort of feel as you watch it you can you can feel that there's you know 10 20,000 people in this arena who are just sort of sharing this moment and it's Uh it's cool to watch I'll link that in the show notes yeah oh I I guess so we'll resolve nothing <laughs> Do you always have to resolve something? I no, don't know. No, no, that's that sort of accidentally became our closing tagline, and nice. and and every every week we we close with that and realize that that's not really the point of the show. Right. <laughs> Good. Good, you know. Yeah, yeah we never you just have to wander around the path, and and that's know? exactly what we want to do. Yeah. So so I yeah I guess unless you guys have some final thoughts, I we will we'll wrap it up here. No, I'm good. It's been very enjoyable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, yeah. thanks. Thanks, guys, to, for, for joining us. It's, yeah, thanks yeah, for having is, us. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Wayne, you said at the beginning, this is one of those topics of this is this should be interesting. And it is like I I I want to know, like, who do you think of as absolute pinnacle? I don't want to say pinnacle rock stars because there are a lot of yeah. people who who I lo- who I enjoy as stars. But like where they have the ability to play the crowd. Freddie Mercury was brilliant at it. And like yeah. his, you know, the Live Aid performance is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen as far yeah, as man. like, as far as playing the crowd like an instrument. Jericho does it in the thing that I mentioned before. And like, I, I'm, I'm, you know, you know who was good at it? Meatloaf. Mm-hmm. Meatloaf I mean, was amazing wow. at it. Me, 
meatloaf yeah. would um meat, meatloaf would would sometimes i've seen him do concerts where he'll do one of his classics he'll do paradise by the dashboard light or something right like one of the one of the older songs he once he realized that you know he was a he was a novelty classic act right he gets to this point where he just starts conducting the crowd where he'll barely even sing he just points and mm. all right now the left side of the stage is going to sing this verse mm-hmm. and now i'm going to stop mm. and i'm going to bring up the right side and he, and he and he would just conduct the audience and at that point yeah i think that that's something that's you know now we're going i said i'm going to go i'm paying for a show now it's a show right sure mm-hmm. i'm doing the work but I like used- but it's still this is you know that's part of the performance which i think makes yeah. it i, I am curious what you know what people who people point out with that because i know with my own experience there are ones who mm-hmm. are really good at it alice is an amazing showman mm-hmm. he never breaks character he doesn't talk to the audience between song it is right. a production during the encore when he comes back out he talks and whatever but for the show itself he does not conduct crowd it's mm-hmm. still a thoroughly engaging show because of his right. presence and, and the narrative that he, he has on the stage for more modern bands one of the people who blew me away with that and they've been one of my my favorite newer bands of the last few years uh the struts they fully embrace the the glam aesthetic just fun fun shows fun music the lead singer luke spiller is if freddie mercury and tim curry have a love child and but I tell you, yeah yeah but i tell you what luke's as a front man of a band and that ability to, to conduct the crowd he's amazing at it just pulled me into to that experience and exactly what you're saying Mav, the whole getting half the audience to sing part of this and the other half to do that and sing along with him really really masterful at it for someone who is very young and, and relatively new at this I, you know one of my rob you're talking about being on stage and mav you, you mentioned that uh, four or five years ago nick cave played the carnegie music hall here in, in oakland and uh, i was on stage with him at the end of that show and you know that just stands out as one of the most transcendent concert experiences of my life for lots of reasons part of just how much i i admire him as an artist how much i like music but the live thing itself was just an amazing amazing experience that just went beyond mm-hmm. most shows i've ever seen not just because i was on stage there are lots of reasons for it but yeah I, mm-hmm. i'm curious who people pick as the the artist who will do that for them who, who will you know right where tell. the where the experience is being there the experience isn't mm-hmm. just the because uh, again i'll say like meat meatloaf i don't think meatloaf or was because he's dead but i don't think he mm-hmm. I'm not saying he was an amazing singer. I'm saying uh, I'm saying uh, to watch him, he is someone who understood that the concert was an art form unto itself. Yes. Not not being a musician and not right. being a recording artist, it's not even being a rock star. Yeah, it is literally he is a yeah he was a performance artist at rock shows. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Just that though. Yeah, yeah so I would love so. to know. What's going on. But anyway, Anna, Rob, thank you for joining us. This was great. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Kind of fun. So where can people find out more about, about the blog? Well, if they go to, it's on Facebook, it's mm-hmm. Robify Music, and it's just, it's a daily thing that comes out usually early in the morning around 7, 30, 8 o'clock. And it's just really, <laughs> I hope to, I hope to maybe. You post at 7, 30 in the morning? Who's awake at 7, 30 yes. in the morning? That's me. <laughs> okay, I'm up at 5 a.m., so. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's a five o'clock in the morning too. Of there course there is. is. It's, called, it's called bedtime. Yeah. It's bedtime. <laughs> yeah. At one point in time there was. Yeah. yeah I, th- I think I've seen that from the other end of the night. Yes. yes. Frequently. But... <laughs> 
But yes, that will be linked in the show notes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, and, right. We have a radio show as well. Yes. Yeah, so the other, yeah, the other thing is, uh, for over ten years now, I've done a show called Rolling and Tumbling. It's on ninety-one point three FM here in Pittsburgh or at wyep.org online, and uh, it's a blues show from nine o'clock till midnight. And what we really do is try to keep it upbeat, fast-paced, loud, mostly electric, a little bit of acoustic blues, and we cover everything from the scratchy record. Robert Johnson, who we just had a new Beth Hart CD, uh, her covering Led Zeppelin, just put the wrapper off that one last week. So I miss, you know, old, new, and everything in between. On Saturdays, nine to midnight. Um, yep, awesome. Saturday nights. And we will so look to show notes as well. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of fun. Yep. Cool. Thank Very you. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, guys. It's been good to talk to you again. It's been way, way, yeah. way too long. Just, yeah. Have us back anytime. <laughs> cool. Wayne, what about you? Where can people find you? Here, mostly. You know the drill. Wayne tried to like subvert the end of the show there. Well, no, it's the fun. same thing. Like, I, I have, you know, I, I have my Instagram where I post mostly pictures that, you know, get transported over to, to Facebook. I have my long term blog that just doesn't get updated very often anymore but boy mm. if you've never looked at it there's like <laughs> 10 years worth of me writing about all kinds of nonsense <laughs> including a lot of music stuff so you know if you haven't read it there, there's a lot of content so. and you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook all the places always at Chris Maverick you can follow the show all those same places at Vox Popcast you can follow the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com where you can find out what we're talking about next week and you can leave us comments I Think Bridgerton's coming up? I I saw a couple episodes, and boy, I, I'm really going to go rogue by saying this. I don't get it. Maybe I need to watch a few more. I, so, I don't know. So, we, you listen, won't, we won't yeah, invite you, you to be on the Bridgerton app episode then? Uh, if you listen I, to I don't this know. Show, maybe we, we, I need we, to do we, more. I don't know. We've done, we've done two episodes on Bridgerton, and we're going to do you know, from last season, we're going to do a third. We're big fans here. It's a deep dive into what amazingly, I mean, it's a really popular show yeah. for a for a period. Yeah. Of romance. Yeah, and, oh, and, yeah. and these these are shows that I'm not on because I I'm I don't want to <laughs> say I'm not a fan. I've just never watched it. So, I, uh, I think I just need to go further into it because yeah. I do feel like I'm having a lot of FOMO because I just don't know what everybody's <laughs> all excited about, and I'm yeah. too excited. Uh, I'm like, I don't know what's all the fuss. Hot, so, hot dreamy Duke. Hot dreamy well, Duke is worth all the fuss, and he's he's okay. he is he is very attractive come next weekend and uh, come next week and see if, if bridgerton like managed to grab my interest <laughs> onward and upward and, uh, yeah absolutely anyway right. i would like to thank maximilian of thought for music for our epic theme song building ever so more epically and playing us out i'd once again like to thank anna and rob for joining us i'd like to thank you at home for listening and we'll see you next time bye bye bye, bye.